0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lilies in the Valley podcast, where God is lifted, your spirit is fed, and your direction is led. Hi, I am your host, Sister Miko Deal, and I'm so glad to be in the presence of the Lord with you. Amen. Let's get into it. Father God, I thank you for transparency. I thank you for forgiveness. I ask that you forgive all of us in the mighty name of Jesus for anything that we might have done or said that has taken us off course or keeping us hidden or kept us deaf or blind to your wisdom, your words, and your mercy and your grace that is free for each and every one of us. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for the manna that you release, that we are fed in our spirit, that we are fed Uh, in our flesh because of you, Father God. I thank you for the roof that you keep over our heads. I thank you for the knowledge that you have allowed us to be able to acquire because we have received you into our hearts. Father God, I thank you for what you are doing through this podcast, changing lives and allowing us to understand your word and grow closer to you. Father, as we go forward tonight, have your way, God, not my way, but your way, not my will, but your will. In the mighty name of Yeshua, HaMashiach. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen, and thank God. If you are joining us for the first time, I am most certainly glad that you are here, and it is most certainly an awesome, awesome, awesome welcome to have you and a humbling one as well. We are covering tonight um, uh, as we are doing a series called Women in the Bible. You, if you've listened to the episodes prior to this, you know that we have done Rahab. We have done Ruth. We have done, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember Ruth, Rahab. We have also done The Woman at the Well. Yes, there it is. And tonight we will be doing Esther. And if I missed any of those, charge it to my head and not my heart. Amen. But we will be doing Esther on tonight. And we are going to talk about the first chapter because the first chapter says a lot. And of course, I'm not going to read each and every verse in the first chapter. But I want you to read uh, chapter one of Esther. Esther has 10 chapters, very small chapters, but they're very meaty. Amen? They're meaty and on the bone. And I'm going to talk to you, like I said, about the first chapter, which is called uh, The King Dethrones Queen Vashti. Isn't that something? That's a title. The King Dethrones the Queen. Well, let's get into it. If you have read Esther, and if you have come across Esther in your time or in your journey or in your walk with Christ, you will know that Esther speaks about... Xerxes and uh, what is going on in this, in the country uh, that Xerxes um, is residing in. And at the time, Xerxes was the king over quite a few provinces. I believe it says 27 provinces uh, Xerxes reigned over at the time from India to Ethiopia. And in those days, as I'm reading uh, verse two in Esther chapter one, in those days, when King Asherah sat on the throne, of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the Citadel, verse three. That in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and and Media, the nobles and the princesses of the provinces being before him when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all, they had a party. They had a huge party. And of course, you will see that Asherah, excuse me, is also known as Xerxes, King Xerxes. And as he is setting up for this uh, 180 day or yeah, six months, He's going to have this party for six months. And as the word of God is explaining to us about this, um, party. It's so funny to me how there are certain things that are mentioned and certain things that you're paying attention to and certain things I really respected because I have to tell you it really set the atmosphere about the environment that was going on at the time. And In and and chapter one in Esther it explains about the linen and, and the table settings and what it looked like and the colors and uh, the flowers and I mean it really set the stage for you to understand how grand this party Party was and all the things that went into making this party. And at the same time that King Xerxes is setting a party for himself so that he can be honored about all his riches and all 27 provinces that he rules over, at the same time that he's doing this with all the people in, in the kingdom or all the, the the, the kings in the kingdom, of course, he's the only king, but I mean the heads that are under him over those 27 provinces that he's invited to the party to, to of course, lift him up. <laughs> um, at this same time, Queen Vashti is setting out to do her same thing. To do the very same thing that Queen uh, King Xerxes is doing as well. So if you go down to uh, verse 9, you will find that Queen Vashti also made a feast for women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Asheris, as I said, also known as King Xerxes. So... She's having her own thing for the women in the provinces as well. The women that are uh, married to the people underneath King Xerxes, even though she is uh, married and the queen, to King Xerxes as well. And so um, and and when you when I talk about um, how they set the tone, if you look in verse six of chapter one it tells you there were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen and purple on silver rods and marble marble pillars and the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster turquoise and white and black marble you really have to read that. It just, if you just can think about how beautiful all of that sounds and how luxurious it sounds, you're like, ooh, that was a heck of a party, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Also, if you um, see that as he is getting ready for this party with all the men, she is getting ready in verse nine, as I mentioned, to have a party with all the women. In the royal palace, which belonged to King Xerxes, right? So as they're partying and admonishing uh, King Xerxes on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, because in this party, he has said, you know, just everybody can drink till they can't take it no more. Just fill their glasses over and over and over again. So they are really partying down like they are getting sloshed. Do you hear me? Because right here where I'm about to read in verse 10. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded, me, I think it's muhemin or Mehemen, Bitsa, um, Harbana, Bigtha, ab- Abaktha, Zethar and Carcass, the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Xerxes to bring Queen Vashti before the king wearing her royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. Now let's let's think about this ladies. Not only is he bringing everybody to celebrate himself, but he feels that his queen is so beautiful that he wants to bring her before everyone so they can admonish in her beauty as well, because uh, he wants everybody else to uh, be breathtaking. their breath taken away by how gorgeous King Vashti is and that she belongs to him and him alone. You know, now, uh, modern day, a woman uh, would love for her husband to be like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. I want everybody to see her beauty. Now, you know, because that's what some of the women complain about. You know, some of us complain about, well, he don't tell me I'm beautiful no more. And he don't say that I look good. And he and if he says it, it not passing, and it don't feel like he really mean it. He just saying it because I want to hear it. And he's not really saying it because That's what he means. But in this instance, we are reading where he feels that Queen Vashti is so beautiful that he wants to bring Queen Vashti in front of everyone with her royal crown to remind everybody that that beauty queen belongs to him. Huh? Come on, somebody. And when they are going to go do this, uh, Queen Vashti, when they come in and tell her, Hey, Queen King Xerxes wants you to come on in there with your crown so that everybody can see your beauty, he summoned you. She, like, mm, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm having a party over here with my girlfriends so they can all see who I am and what I'm doing with all the women. I'm busy. Come back later. Now, of course, it doesn't say that, but I'm just saying that this is the attitude in which she had, right? Stay with me. So it really reminded me of the present day of the attitude of women now. You understand, we say one thing and then when we get that thing, we're quickly moving on to the next. A lot of the times, leaving our husbands or men behind us trying to catch up to what it is that we really want, when the truth is we don't even know what we really want because we have not spent the time that we need to spend with ourselves to really figure that out. You understand? Maybe that's not for everybody. And if that's not for you, maybe this episode's not for you. And I'm okay with that. What I'm saying is we are always changing the terms of what it should be in our mind did I ever say that we shouldn't? No, I would never say that. But I'm saying if you are changing the terms of what it is in your relationship or what you desire in your relationship, and you've never had a conversation with your husband, then there is an issue or a problem. If in the relationships that you have had, you're now changing what that means for you, but the people in which you're a relationship with don't know it, then there becomes an issue. Do you need to clear everything with everybody? No, but stay with me because it's important to see that the husband went to get the queen, but the queen said, I don't think so. You see, there is a lot of things we want to put on men, but before you can put things on men, you've got to deal with the source, and the source is us, and the reason why you have to deal with the source, because maybe something that you will pick up about who you are will allow you to see who you really are, and allow you to see that there needs to be some change, and allow you to see that when you change things, or change how you do things, or how you relate in a way, or how you um, uh, express yourself, or how you get gain knowledge or how you apply that knowledge, now you realize that you now are attracting a different type of person or people that now you find yourselves in places that you didn't find yourself in before, because now the level of what you understand, what you work, how you relate has changed and it's gone higher instead of lower. You're no longer angry. You're no longer cussing folks out. You're no longer uh, uh, easily provoked. You're no longer moving in a way that, that 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 causes you pain or distress or, or, or stress or depression you are now able to handle things in a manner that is differently that provokes a positive experience in your life based on you it has nothing to do with other people you know i had this conversation today i've had several conversations today that have led to an awakening and an understanding of esther in a way i never uh, uh, expected not only of esther but of myself to understand that this is the things that we as women need to pay attention to, that these are the things that we as the source need to understand. Because when you want to create a a, a resolution, you first have to tackle the problem. Now, Queen Vashti has put herself on the same pedestal as the king. And that is where the problem lies in chapter one. You see, there's so many things out here in this world that some people are going to disagree with. They don't believe that there is a role for women and a role for men. They believe that it can all be intertwined. And I am telling you, my own personal belief is not what this is about. This is about God's word. And in God's word, there are strictly roles for a reason, because if there is not roles, chaos ensues and chaos ensues. And then we find ourselves where we are in the world world today. It's okay for a woman to achieve her goals, but man was not created to live alone, and neither was a woman. A woman was created to be the helpmate. Your main role was to help men understand things in which he can't understand. A helpmate. Your main role is not whole until your puzzle piece is fit with you finding the husband for you, not just any husband, not just any wife, but the one that was created for you. You see, what happened here was Queen Vashti felt she was on the same level as her husband, as many of us think. I, I don't need no man to tell me. I don't need no man to do this and do, and this is how this go and blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying you're beneath because God has created us to be the head and not the tail. What I'm saying is you have to find a way in your relationship and with others, not just a husband, to be successful in relating to one another. That. You, as I tell my children, cannot be you all over everybody else so that that person that you are relating to can never take part in that relationship. If you have friends and everything is always about you all the time, then don't you... uh, eventually get tired of being a part of this friendship because you've never got to express yourself, what you love, what you like, what you guys have in common, the things that you find challenging in the world, the things that you love in the world. You've never been able to be yourself because this person has been them all over you and them, and they literally take over everything. There has to be some type of moderation, as we find in the text, where you can submit to the will of God. You see, many women hate that term, submit. But i mean to tell you, not every woman does. Because a woman will feel secure to submit and surrender. Let me tell you what submission really means for a woman. It means that she feels secure comfortable enough and secure enough in a relationship to be vulnerable. Vulnerable about everything that's ever happened to her, through her, for her, to you. That in a fight or an argument you won't use it against her then when it's time for you to protect her and make her feel safe that you will do so when it's time for you to provide that you will provide in a manner in which she's never seen before that you will give her the desires that she des- desires within that relationship you understand that you are connected to God as you should be that and the in the sense of being the ruler you rule as you need to rule in fairness and spirit and in truth that God is your head and he allows you to be the head covering of that family, that you go to him. And when you fall, she knows how to pray you through, just like you know how to pray her through, but that you are in a relationship as a husband and a wife and not a son and a mother. You understand? Come on. When King Xerxes provided for Vashti, Vashti knew the, 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 the proclamation or the customs of that time. She knew. She knew what it was when she got with King Xerxes. So for her to try to say, we on the same level and switch it all up all of a sudden, it backfired. Because what ended up happening when she did what she did, As we read in verse 12, but when Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command brought by his eunuchs, therefore the king was furious and his anger burned within him. Now see, now he's angry and in his anger, everybody in in the countries that he presides over, 27 provinces are about to feel the burn. You see, do you ever know that you do something in such discord with your family, with your husband, that it affects everybody? And I'm not just focusing on on just women. Men do things too. But tonight we're talking about Esther. And the first chapter, that's how it goes. Queen Vashti was in such discord with King Xerxes, everybody felt it. And now there's a new proclamation that's going to be felt throughout the 27 provinces. Now, everybody got to suffer. Now, when we're talking about a relationship, we're talking about things that change. People forget that they're in a relationship and start thinking about what they need individually and not voicing it, as I said before, to the other person in the relationship. See, the person was good enough when you picked them to marry, but now they're not good enough to talk to. Now you don't want to deal with the consequences that when you say things truthfully, and my grandmother used to say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, there is a truth to that. But there is a certain truth to that that adds another layer because sometimes you can say things in the lovingest, most humblest and sweetest and gentle matter ever made. and they still set the person off. because the person is not in a place to receive it, no matter what. They just hear attack. That is why God asks us to pray before we speak and give them the hearing ears to receive. And if you do that, God will guide you on when these conversations are appropriate, on when these conversations can really be had, on when that person's in a place to receive. You see, but when you do it, when you are just, it's about you and you're going to get it off your chest and this is how it's going to be, then it becomes a situation that backfires. And when you are in a relationship, in a marriage, operating individually instead of together, the household is not in sync and everybody suffers. Now you got the children watch you be about you. Now you got the wife unhappy. Now the husband is unhappy. The husband don't even want to talk to you because every time he talked to you, you blow up because you don't really want to hear the truth because you're on the defense because he's trying to share with you his heart. Now, not everybody does that in the correct form. That's true, but have you ever prayed that when you have a conversation that your husband have the voice to speak to you in the manner in which you can receive? There are two ways this can go. You see, the whole point of this is that there is a fault and and, and and when you realize the fault, then you can understand it. The fault is not always with the husband and the fault is not always with the wife. But the fault is when we take accountability that something isn't right. And I don't know if it's me or him, but I am willing to come to some resolution, God. Let's get back to it. So then in verse 14. Or verse 15, I want you to read. What shall we do, Queen Vashti, according to law, because she did not obey the command of the king Xerxes brought to her by the eunuchs? So this is now the the eunuchs have been called to the king's presence, and now they're discussing what's going to go on. Now that this has all happened, because remember now, she's just refused in front of all the women that she's having at her shindig, and he's just been refused by all the men that he has at his shindig. So not only does she refuse, she embarrassed him. And there is one thing that we understand about male ego and female egos. Nobody likes to be embarrassed in front of people. It's bad enough to have a conversation or say things to a husband or wife that they already don't want to hear about themselves. but then you're going to do that in front of an audience. Oh my goodness. In front of children, in front of family members, in front of people that you don't know, in front of strangers, you got to have the right tools and you have to be willing to understand. You can be willing to love somebody on your own terms and be willing to give that person your last name or take their last name, but you're not willing to do and die to yourself to make sure that this happens, because when you die to your ego and when you die to your own uh, self, self situations that you need to 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 have stroked or or or, or, or um, appeased, you open up a whole new window of love and understanding when it's not about you and your personals, and it is about you together as a whole. It's not about me, but it's about us. It's not about him or her. It's about we. And everybody wins in that situation. So now they're figuring out what they need to do and now they're sitting around saying that this this can't happen again because if this get out you know if the women see you know think that I see me not do anything they're going to think they can do this to their husbands and I can't have that then all chaos will ensue and everybody will be out here doing what they want to do and this can't happen so as we go in verse 17 For the queen's behavior will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. And when they report, King Asuras, also known as King Xerxes, commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. 18. This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Medea will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered and that Vashti shall come no more before the king. And let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Oh, that's what you heard. Yes, that's what you heard. Uh Uh-huh. That was... Uh, verse 17 through verse 19. Yes. Now they're going to send out a royal decree that lets everybody know because she did not listen to her husband, come to her husband's. And I don't want to see him beck and call because that's not it. He simply called her so he could show her beauty. She could have gotten back to her party. But because she, I'm not doing what no man tell me to do. I'm I, go, I come when I want to come. Everybody suffers. Everybody, and that reminded me so much today of modern ways. Do you ever think that I, I, I tell my my husband, "No, I ain't going for that." You know how it's been said. You know what's going on. But have you ever thought that he adheres to your behavior because he loves you, and he doesn't want the friction, and he feels that love would be best to serve this situation than to argue back and forth with you. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever stopped and said, you know what? He puts up with a lot, you know, and I'm not giving men a break, but I'm talking about us because we need to look at the source because everything is not about a man. There are some things that we contribute because my mom used to say, and I found this to be true. You train people how to treat you and then some people are going to treat you how they're going to treat you treat you in spite of who you are and you got to float with that but in relationships you have to understand that there is a give and a take and it has to be an equal opportunity to do that in a marriage and in a relationship with people whether it's friendships marriage family you got to be a give and take we are falling out of relationals with each other because We are realizing that we're giving so much and not getting anything back. Well, that brings us to covering the first chapter of Esther. I can't wait to meet you on next Monday again when we uh, continue on with Esther. Like I said, Esther has 10 chapters, so we will really get into the meat of Esther. I really, really hope that this blessed you because it blessed me to see myself in this and see where I have gone wrong in so many relationships. It's also um, allowed me to see myself for the things I didn't want to see. You know, I do realize and understand now why when certain people do things that hurt me, they don't like to talk about it over and over again because it's hard to deal with the fact that you made somebody feel the way that you did. You hurt them. That's a lot to deal with, but you've got to sit in it for a minute so that you can truly realize that what you didn't mean to do, you did, and how you cannot do it again. I've had some valuable conversations today, and I wanted to do a whole lot of things and a result to the conversations, but I didn't feel like it was going to give God the grace that he deserved. It was self-serving. So I didn't want it to be self-serving. I wanted to actually give God the glory that he deserved. So I sat with it. I'm going to continue to sit with it. And then I'm going to release it uh, and learn what it is I need to learn. I want to dedicate this particular podcast to a really good friend of mine, Angie. Garner. I really thank you today for the conversation uh, that we were able to have. It really blessed me. It opened up my eyes and it allowed me to look at me for me and allow me to see where God is trying to take me and what he's trying to prune from me. I also want to dedicate this podcast to my brother, my little brother, who also had a conversation with me. And it was a lot. But I learned something from that conversation. And I hope that you learn something from this podcast, that you don't take an offense, an Im- immediate defense to this is what about them? Why I got all, and just really sit with what it is that you can change about you. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this word. We thank you that we are able to digest this word and take the nutrients from this word and apply it and leave the fat. Uh, uh, as it empties out of into our bowels that we do not need because it nurtures nothing. We thank you, Lord God, that you are allowing us not to be defensive but to be offensive and to allow us to be soft and supple and be able to take in what needs to be taken in and take away what doesn't. Father God, I ask you to prune us, peel us, pull us, stretch us to an uncomfortable situation where we can sit in the hot seat and still get up and go forward without a lingering effect of trauma, without a lingering effect of disrespect, without a a lingering effect of emotions, without a lingering effect of hurt, and be able to understand that that was that situation. And now we must go forward. Lord God, I pray that you give us an equip us with the things that we need as we go forward today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank God. I'll see you all next Monday. Please share. Please, um, Leave a comment if you'd like to leave a comment. You can also send your um, prayer request to spiritually undefeated at gmail.com. You can follow us on IG at um, Lilies in the Valley Podcast and DM us with the same prayer request, and we'll pray for you. Until next time, thank you for joining.